up, nerds? This is In My Expert Opinion, a podcast about the nonfiction side of speculative fiction. Your hosts are Dr. Marcus Cole. I get paid to do science. Dr. Sarah Ward. I used to do science. And me, Abby Cole. I'm not a scientist at all. Join us as we geek out about the made-up stuff we love and the real stuff that shaped it. going to talk about Genshin Impact, alchemy again, and Middle English poetry. This time without Marcus, though. No Marcus this time. Last time it was a Coles-only podcast. Now it's our house-only podcast. Girls-only. I think I <laughs> want to call it a Yuzu podcast. Oh, yeah? Because she's the, the common factor here. Yuzu is our dog. Yeah, so let's just talk about Genshin Impact because Abby and I have been playing so much Genshin Impact. It's like, true. a lot lately. Um, for those who don't know, it was made by a Chinese developer, Mihoyo, but um, it's kind of a gotcha game, kind of an open world RPG, and it's really fun. There's a lot of different things mm-hmm. to do. There's too many things to do. Yeah. Basically, you get to control someone who's from a different world as you journey through the different countries of this world and meet new people and do cool things and fight and other stuff. Yeah. Um, but a critical part of the system is alchemy. Mostly mechanically, it's just used as like a way of leveling up, like mm-hmm. use alchemy to make the materials to level yourself up, to level up your team, to level up your weapons. I don't know any of this because Sarah's been doing all my leveling up for me. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's mostly just like I killed a slime and now I have a bunch of slime particles. And if I put them together, I get bigger slime particles and that's better and that kind of thing. But in the actual like lore of the game, there is an alchemist. He's from the first like country that you visit, the City of Freedom, um, and his name is Albedo, and his assistant's name is Sucrose, because um. you know, like sugar. And they're both kind of like alchemists that do like, you know, this kind of magical art that's been largely lost to the people of this world, mm-hmm. um, at least in its more advanced form. You know, and it's kind of, or like, as was actual alchemy, proto-chemistry. Like, it's an actual science. It's not just, like, some esoteric fucking bullshit. Um, I actually have a quote from Albedo, which I think is kind of, like, giving the vibe. This is, like, from one of his, like, character things or whatever. Like, you get, like, story things. The universe is heaven reversed, and the earth is a dream lost to time. This is dust, the most basic form of complex life. And then he, like, picks up a flower that has been, like, turned to ash and dust, and then, like, another new flower comes out of it, and he's like, and this is new life. So, like, that's, like, this dude's whole fucking vibe. Is he, is that as extra as it sounds? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a lot of the characters in this game are pretty extra. Everyone in that fucking game is extra as shit. Especially the men. I mean, all of them, to be quite honest. Well, women just don't have personalities. It's hard to be extra when you have no personality. Well, their looks are kind of extra. Oh, their looks are extra. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Versus, like, personalities. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought I would just kind of go back to alchemy. Our our classic. Yay. Um you know, intro to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And specifically, I wanted to talk about how to make a philosopher's stone. Great. This is information that I need, I think. I think you asked about it. I've stopped getting carded. Mm -hmm. uh, So now I need the fount of... I don't actually care. I'm happy to age and die. I see. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I guess just like spoiler warning... There is no way to make it. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure J.K. Rowling knows. Well, we said sure. we'd never talk about I'm Harry not, Potter. No, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Actually, yeah. So the Philosopher's Stone, also known as the Red Tincture. 
the elixir vitae. Vitae? Yeah, like Elixir of Life. Yeah, um, yeah. The Grand Magisterium was another wow. name I saw for it. You know. That reminded me of that uh, fucking Hugh Jackman movie, The Greatest Showman, with uh-huh. starring Zephron. Yeah, and, uh-huh. Hugh and Zendaya, right? Yeah, and Zendaya, I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically the Philosopher's Stone, you know, sometimes it was depicted as this like heavy, glittering, like red or white powder that melted without producing any kind of smoke or vapor or fumes. Why red or white? Um, we'll get why, into that actually. That glittering? has to do oh, with real the, the purification process. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sim- the symbolism, very important to alchemists. Sure, yes. I forgot that symbolism is the cornerstone of chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they were like deep into it. Yeah. And, you know, our buddy Van Hamont. Okay, so he said uh, it has a color such as in saffron in its powder. That's yet- yellow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yet weighty and shining like onto powdered glass. Okay. So like yellow, yellow shining dust. That's what he thought it was. Okay. Um, and then, you know, uh, half a century later, this other guy, another alchemist whose name was uh, Helvetius, mm-hmm. he said it resembled glass or pale sulfur. So kind of going along with this more yellowish color versus like the red or the white color that is um, yeah. more commonly used to describe. Is sulfur yellow? Yeah, usually. Anyway, so the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone, uh, the Philosopher's Stone played a role, right, in this, like, relationship between transmutation, this alchemical idea, yeah. um, and the regeneration of man, this mystical, you know, kind of concept. When you're looking at, like, alchemy, right, it started in, like, Hellenistic Egypt. You're looking at mm-hmm. kind of ancient times, proto-chemists writing up, like, their lab procedures and, like, how to do all this stuff. <laughs> Signing well, off on every page. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, like, really advanced what they were doing, right? Because yeah. they were doing distillation, sublimation, and, like, real chemistry, but mm-hmm. also they were like, um, but actually, what if also I could do this crazy shit? Mm-hmm. So there was, um, you know, this idea that alchemy is, like, a, a hermetic art, um, and its practitioners were called, like, the sons of Hermes. Yeah. Um, but when I say Hermes, I don't actually mean, like, Greek Hermes. It's actually referring to Hermes Trimagistus. This is a thing that came up in my tarot research that I glossed over. Yes. This, like, ancient Egypt shit that they were, like, hermetic this, that, and the other. Right. Right. So this Hermes is actually kind of like a combination of... um of uh, Thoth, you know, the Egyptian god, and Mm -hmm. Hermes. And so this Hermes is kind of more associated broadly with, like, writing and arts Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's said that he came up with this thing called the Emerald Tablet or the Smaragdine Tablet. Smaragdine. Or something. And this consists of a little bit over a dozen steps that are later used in alchemical writings to kind of, like, talk about why they did all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. It was supposedly discovered in the tomb of Hermes by Alexander the Great. Um, Sure. It's honestly, frankly, kind of a bunch of fucking bullshit when you read it, but it's kind of used as the basis for a lot of like later alchemical arts, particularly in the medieval period where people were like doing a lot of alchemy. Can you cut me off a piece of this tablet? I'd love to hear some of the examples of this bullshit. I actually can just read the whole thing as uh, translated from Latin by Isaac Newton. What? All right. Yeah, Isaac Newton. An alchemist, very interested in this stuff. Uh Okay, Okay, so, "'Tis true without lying, certain and most true. That which is below is like that which is above, and that which is above is like that which is below, to do the miracles of only one thing. And as all things have been and arose from... And arose from one by the mediation of one, so all things have their birth from this one thing by adaptation. The sun is its father... is this all one so far? This is, like, part three. I'm like... 
It's every line Wait, is like no, a meme. I want to go back to the uh, as above, so below. What is that from? Is that from this? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's like, there are like sayings that I guess are yeah, derived yeah, yeah. from here, right? The sun is its father, the moon its mother, the wind hath carried it in its belly, the earth is its nurse. Wait, what's it? The one thing that's born of all things? I forgot what it yeah, is. Yeah, Okay. The thing that is certain without lying and true or whatever. Every, there, it's all referring to this one Okay. This concept. Yeah. This yes. concept. Okay, okay. This thing. The father of all perfection in the whole world is here. Its force or power is entire if it be converted into earth. Separate thou the earth from fire, the subtle from the gross, sweetly with great industry. Hang on. I have to tell you something. This is the least, least sensical thing I've heard all day. And I have heard a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it what kind of happening? starts off somewhat sensical and then it really just like goes off the fucking deep end. Is it divided into chunks? Every single one of those sentences is a different one. Oh, lie. each sentence is a different one. Okay, okay. Here we go. Okay. Now we're on to the second half. Okay. It ascends from earth to the heaven and it again descends to the earth and receives the force of things superior and inferior. By this means you shall have the glory of the whole world and thereby all obscurity shall fly from you. Its Yo, force is above all force. This is so, like somebody fucking trying to they, like get high and then realize <laughs> at three in the morning that they have a paper due the next day and they're like desperately trying to make their word count. Yeah, my favorite one is the last one. Okay. By the way. Okay. Uh, we're almost there. Okay, so. For it vanquishes every subtle thing and penetrates every solid thing, so was the world created. From this are and do come admirable adaptations, whereof the means is here and this. Hence I am called Hermes, having the three parts of the philosophy of the whole world. That which I have said of the operation of the sun is accomplished and ended. I, <laughs> I, I uh... I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> well, what you do is basically nothing because it's like fucking absolute nonsense Sarah, bullshit. That was like the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I don't know, even know what to do. I'm, I'm stone cold sober mm -hmm. and like very focused. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. It's not even that late. And yet I truly I can't. No, I mean, it's absolute fucking horseshit. <laughs> it's fully horseshit. But it, this is kind of like the basis it's used when people are like making up their recipes for philosopher's stones. There's a lot of people that look this back is at the this. Basis? Yeah. The symbolism here, people like look at it and pinpoint stuff. And, you know, like the sun and the moon are like used a lot later yeah. in alchemical writing. I, listen, it's just like full on gibberish, to be quite honest. I think it's. I'm sorry, this is not very good. This is not very good audio of me just being like, um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think the best way of looking at it is that people look at this later, the Emerald Tablet, and yeah. are like, here's my proof of my recipe being the best recipe. And they pinpoint like some little aspect of it. They use this as proof? This bits and like, pieces of it. I'm sorry, that's wild. That's like if you, that's like if you're doing research for a paper or something and you put like the, the evidence that you cite is like from the Flat Earth Society. Listen, man, all I, I got to say is that this is regarded by many as the foundation of the alchemical arts and is associated with the creation of the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. It's cool, though. I have <laughs> real recipes to tell oh, good. you Oh, good. Real recipes. Excellent. Real ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Do we have the ingredients? We have some ingredients. Okay. Basically, when we're talking about this recipe for the Philosopher's Stone, what we're referring mm -hmm. to is, I've seen it referred to both, and I don't know Latin, so I don't actually know which is the right way of saying it. Magnum opus or opus magnum. I mean, I've only Are ever heard magnum opus before, but I think Latin is a uh, a language where the words are declined so that yeah. 
you can put them in different orders without it changing the meaning. I'm pretty sure. It's mostly referred to as I know the words are declined. Anyway, so this is, generally speaking, the process of making a philosopher's stone because it means like great work, right? Like this is what the basis of alchemy is, right? It's Mm -hmm. all about making this stone, specifically a material that can be used to transmute base metals into gold and later on was used to kind of refer to as this like elixir of life, like fucking bullshit, right? And so this is actually written about a lot in the medieval period and um after the medieval period uh kind of with like that period of like rising science the um, renaissance yeah like the renaissance a little bit later when you're looking at like newton and Boyle and stuff like that but like there's a lot of like middle english poems specifically Mm -hmm. about alchemy that are kind of like taking this older stuff that's like egyptian islamic alchemy and kind of like early medieval alchemy and then translating it into more modern quote-unquote alchemy at the time odd because not a lot of people were writing in middle english like at all yeah i actually saw it described as um the shift from latin to like the vernacular was Mm -hmm. like a deliberate choice by alchemist for various reasons interesting that's wild Mm -hmm. this is like pre-henry v Tell me when that was. I, God only knows. I only know in terms of the scheme of lingual. Because like, because for a, for a long time, nobody was speaking or writing Middle English because the only people speaking it were people who couldn't read. Well, I'll just let you know that this was happening in the 15th century England. So I don't really know where that fits in the grand scheme of things. But this author I was reading this from, Anke Timmerman, or Anka Timmerman, uh, kind of made it out to be more that it was like... The vernacular selection from Latin, like instead of Latin, was on purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what Chaucer did too. He was like, "I'm gonna write for the people." Yeah. So basically, um, you know, when we're talking about this process of making a philosopher's stone, you know, the number of steps varied based on who you talk to and who you read from. It's anywhere from three to twelve steps. It's never more than twelve. Nobody ever put more than twelve. Probably steps. someone did, but like the ones that, like the surviving works, right? Like it's. The most I saw was 12. <laughs> the other ones were too long and they got cut off. That's why That's why we mm-hmm. don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's because the longer ones all fell mm-hmm. apart. We got just it. got cut off. The final stages were right. lost. Yeah. So, um, you know, three that consistently appeared. Uh, these are like the principal phases. Mm-hmm. Number one, Negretto. What? Negretto. <laughs> what? Is, this is one of the ingredients? No, no, no. Okay. Step one. Step one, Negretto. That means to, like to darken mm-hmm. in Latin mm-hmm. or like melanosis. This is when you have the base material, the prima materia, and it's darkened during a period of putrefaction, mm-hmm. you know, like rotting. And this is like a mystic death during which it decomposes into its component parts. And then it can be reacted with something else. So first you break it down. You let it rot. It dies. Is it a living thing to begin with? Did no, we but this, what the- well, this is partly, um, we mentioned this in the first episode about the connection to Christ. Yeah. The Philosopher's Stone's creation is explicitly a mini text linked to the death and resurrection of Christ. First right, it's I the death, about then it's the purification, then he rises. Sure. So this is kind of partly where that comes from, this idea of like a death to make a better thing. Mm. So you have a base metal, piece of shit metal I lay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of shit metal like lead. It breaks down, it dies. Then it can be reacted. This is the second step. Okay. Uh, Albedo. Albedo. Oh. The character's name. Oh, all right. Right. I see you, Genshin. (laughs) So this is like leucosis, the whitening stage, Mm -hmm. um, which symbolizes the birth of a new process. Paracelsus said it was like representing a stage of innocence, purity, and freedom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we've darkened and lightened. 
I'm gonna say the last step is Polish. Well, before we get to the last step, okay, this is done. This albedo step is done by like distillation, which mm-hmm. leads to a coagulation of the materials. Um, and the catalyst that's used in this process is seen as something transformative, like mercury or salt, something that's Got symbolized it. by like a celestial messenger from heaven. Like Hermes is mercury. Mm-hmm. Oh, mercurial. Yeah. Oh, full circle. I did it. Mm-hmm. The third stage. Can I guess the third stage? Yes. Okay. Have we darkened? Have we lightened? Mm-hmm. Stage three is. Let's say polish. No. So or the third harden, harden, reddening. It's rubedo. What? Come on. If this is iosis, it is signaling that the material is in a state of perfection, as it is the color of love and faith. And in this <sighs> state, it can return. It can turn materials into gold upon contact. Wow. There's technically a fourth stage that's often discussed in text, but it's not always Polishing. discussed. No, so this is one that happens after albedo, but before rubedo, which is known as citronitis, or however you want to say that. It's yellowness. It's like the dawning of solar light. So basically, it's you get a material, it blackens, it whitens, maybe it yellows, it definitely turns red, and at the end, you have a philosopher's stone, the perfect red material that Mm -hmm. can turn anything into gold. Interesting. Okay, so a piece of shit metal like lead, Mm -hmm. and then how did this, so did we do it? Did this work? No, absolutely fucking not. This is like absolute bullshit. This has never worked. But these steps appear in a lot of alchemical texts that talk about this idea so of making weird. a philosopher's stone. Why do people Why do people keep doing this? When it- I mean, it had a lot of significance, right? Like yeah. this idea of, you know, something very desirable, make gold, an incredibly valuable material out of baser metals. This idea of it being able to provide eternal life, also extremely valuable. Ugh. As we discussed before, something to battle the Antichrist. Oh, um, right, shit. You know, something that can make both wealth and health. The wealth-health combo. <laughs> the wealth-health <laughs> combo. <laughs> um, very important, you know? Yeah. So, you know, this is like the, the common theme, right? Like breaking down, purifying, mm-hmm. refining mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I want to talk about is specifically, you know, this is taken a lot from uh, a book called Verse and Transmutation, a corpus of Middle English alchemical poetry Written by Anka Timberman, oh, the person my God, I mentioned this before. Is exciting. I can't wait to hear you read this. Oh, here we go. Um, I'm actually not going to read too, too much of it, but I'll talk through the, the concepts okay. discussed in the verses. But you're going to read some of it, right? A little bit. Okay. So we're talking about 15th century England, mm. a lot of alchemists running around. Mm. Two pretty major ones that we know today are uh, Thomas Norton. He wrote, um, he's basically known for only one work, The Ordinal of Alchemy, written in the late 1400s. Mm-hmm. There's also George Ripley. Um, people may be don't familiar. Believe it or not, well, I don't think so. Um, I don't believe it anyway. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he wrote a lot of things, mostly adaptations of like Latin sources on alchemical principles. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those were commonly attributed to the 13th century writer and doctor uh, Raymond uh, Lull, and so he like translated and Lull? also. Yeah, lol. And so he like translated and also expanded upon a lot of these things. What are what what word are you saying? L U L L. Okay. Lol. He wrote uh, a couple of different works. Um, he's known for uh, compounds of alchemy, mm-hmm. mystery of alchemist. Mm-hmm. He's very very well known for something called the Ripley Scrolls. These were alchemical <laughs> poems and illustrations on like uh, these huge scrolls. They were like these beautiful, colorful illustrations mm-hmm. um, that talked about alchemical processes. So these are like very, very well known. Um, I believe it. He actually, his uh, 
creation, his like recipe of the Philosopher's Stone was expanded upon in these scrolls and it was like 13 steps, I think. <gasps> I knew there had to be another one. Yeah, except it wasn't, I guess, maybe clear about like all the steps in terms of them being split up. Like some of them, it was like another text being written as like, well, those three were one step. You know what Boo, I mean? Boo, no, 13 steps. Sure. In general, what I thought was really interesting was that a lot of alchemical poems during this time were circulated without the name of an author attached. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that they didn't need an author to lend authority to the text. Like, that's what they thought yeah, at the time. Yeah, because it comes from Hermes Hermes himself. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. That's, like, less ego than I'd expect. Mm -hmm. uh, usually people want to put their names all over shit, like, this is my idea, I did it. It's why a lot of the stuff is misattributed and there's a lot of, like, conflation and, like, yeah. uh, dates are all wrong. Yeah, so the one I want to talk about is something called Verses Upon the Elixir. Mm -hmm. This was written in the 1400s. Yes. Um, it was very important during the 15th to 17th centuries, like a prime example of its genre. Mm -hmm. the, the genre being, you know, like, alchemical Middle English poems. That is incredible. So this was um, not really a standalone work. Mm -hmm. Users considered it as a poem that needed to be consulted, altered, and digested in comparison to other works. So what you're actually dealing with here is like a, a corpus, right? Like no a body, body of works, works yeah. around this one. Like that's how it was meant to be consumed. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like other related works, things like The Mystery of Alchemist mm -hmm. by Ripley, um, Boast of Mercury, Wind and Water. Um, over 100 manuscripts belonging to this corpus survive and at least 30 full copies of the verses itself. Wow. Although many of those copies are actually mixed with other uh, other like verses and other poems kind okay. of thing. But the verses itself, this is a rhymed recipe for the Philosopher's Stone of up to Incredible. 194 lines. Woo! All right, let's read the whole... No, just uh -huh. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it has six individual yet interdependent cycles. Um, I'm just going to talk through all of them really fast. Yeah. So the first one, this is a huge recipe it isolates three elements mm -hmm. water earth fire uh -huh. from earth like in quotes like from our so you earth. take earth like oh, earth, earth earth as an element versus earth as like I the see. place kind yeah. of thing you cold dissolution in aqua nemoris this is a water of the wood uh, -huh. uh then you make a gum by evaporation a gum yeah like a tacky coagulation from it so we're back to that like breaking down yeah, yeah coagulation yeah. So then at this point, you distill from aqua vita. It gives rise to a red fire from which black, dry earth emerges. Okay. That's the Negretto stage. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So this black earth is purified until it takes on a bright color and turns white upon the addition of water. Is this a thing that can happen? No. No, okay. no for sure not. This okay. is the Albedo stage, though. Okay. Um, then this is heated to produce a red substance which then gives rise to the stone. Y'all know they were getting to this like third stage and they were just dumping fucking red paint on it and be like, look, I've done it. <laughs> I, I did, did it, it, guys. They're like throwing in fucking, f they get, okay, they make their little black earth, whatever, they've got some charcoal, fine. And then they just like toss some flour on it. They're like, here we go. Now it's white. And then toss, uh -huh. toss some fucking, I don't know, what's red dust? Paprika? Sure. <laughs> and they're like, I've done it. Now, okay, now what? Sorry, I'm describing like breading and deep frying. Yeah, I know, basically. <laughs> this is actually just a food recipe. This is how they made fried chicken. All right, the second cycle describes, you know, the alchemical and the philosophical details of the work, like the underpinnings. Mm -hmm. um, it also includes sperm as a vital force. It does talk about that at some point. I'm telling you, if you're not jacking off on it, then what are you even doing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so the third one is a recipe shortcut. First part's Excuse too long. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? The fucking author was like, that was too much. I gotta... 
It's fun, guys. I discovered Wait, a fucking the neat second part shortcut. is just sperm, and then we take a shortcut. What's well, the that... philosophical details and also sperm? Oh, okay. It's okay. all related. All right. Yeah. So the third one is a recipe shortcut. Basically, sublimation of arsenic, calcination of mercury, combination with aquafortis, and fixation over fire. Fixation over fire sounds like a romance novel title about a firefighter. Uh huh. I mean, maybe that's what this was. I didn't read the full poem, so maybe I actually missed the firefighter uh, love story. It gets in the middle really, of it. really sappy at the end there. Yeah. Just as a heads up, um, you know, water the wood, aqua namoris. This is, you know, liquid extracted from a wooden substance. To like sap? Sure. Aquavitae, this is like a solvent liquid. Actually, did you know that Paracelsus is the one who connected the word alcohol to spirits? It wasn't used in that way before then. <gasps> Fun! Mm-hmm. You know, a more specific term, water of life, which uh-huh. is often used interchangeably but wasn't necessarily at the time. That's just like a really strong alcohol. Okay. Um, and aquafortis is water of might. It's nitric acid. You guys, I'm recording in the same room as Sarah, and she just did such a fun little flexing pose when she said water. <laughs> <laughs> I missed what you said. I got so distracted by the flexing. You said nit- nitric acid. Nitric acid. Nitric yeah, that's acid. what uh, water of might is, aquafortis. Do you drink it? Oh, God, no. To become strong? <laughs> Maybe. All right. So that was the third one. The fourth one is how to make aquavitae derived from two elixirs made of lead. The fifth one talks about the cleansing properties of the water. Kind of boring. Mm-hmm. The sixth one is about the results. It's like, here we did it. My results in discussion. I made gold. Isn't that like a normal... Uh part of the like a scientific paper yeah results and discussion except it was all a bunch of bullshit because they said they make gold is there usually a sperm section as well and only the good papers yeah only the good papers mm-hmm. what's interesting about the verses actually is that um they don't they're really good papers they include a sample <laughs> oh my god <laughs> gross <laughs> so what's interesting about verses is that they don't use the traditional imagery of other alchemical texts of the time there's no mention of hermaphrodites a king and a queen childbirth mm. mythical creatures none of this like fucking bullshit of instead of i mixed a and b and got c uh instead described as like a mother and a father come together and have a child it doesn't have any of that kind of crap it's actually kind of straightforward for alchemical text i suppose that's true although it's desperately vague yeah it's kind of little column a little column b i was actually looking at it some of it was like using alchemical symbols that like Mm. you would say like it would be like a symbol and it's like that's venus so you would say venus but it was written with the symbol which i thought was like kind of interesting that's kind of fun yeah so what i have right now is just the um the first line or not line but like the first couple lines the first stanza i don't know is it a is it you tell me. I don't know anything about poetry. I don't Here know we go. Where the line, I don't know where the line break is, so I can't tell you if it's a stanza or not. I have no fucking idea. Here okay. we go. <clears throat> Take earth of earth, earth is broader. Broder. Water and earth, it is none other. And fire of thirst that beareth the price. And of that earth, loke thou be wise. Nice. I found another version that said it like this. Take earth of earth, earth's brother, and water of earth that is no other, and first of the earth that beareth ye price, and of the earth look thou be wise. Mm-hmm. Which is a slightly more sensible way of saying it, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, but is also absolute fully nonsense, and like yeah. I don't get what it's saying at all. But yeah, so those are the verses, right? Sweet. So that's like the like prime example of medieval, or rather, Middle English mm-hmm. um, poetry. That's specifically talking about alchemical stuff. So this is how you make a philosopher's stone, except not really, because it is kind of bullshit. Right. But it is how you make fried chicken. As we've discussed, yes. (laughs) But yeah, so that was me trying to read a bunch of uh, Middle English. I keep trying to say medieval English, even though it's like for sure not the right way of saying it, because technically um, if it's after the late 1400s, it's not even medieval anyway. That's like 
usually taken to be the end of the medieval era from what i, I understand see. although i bet like a historian would yell at me for saying that because you'd that's think, too like reductive uh, <laughs> you'd think that uh sorry that was a terrible <laughs> you're welcome listeners you'd think that after doing as much research as i have about history stuff for this show i would have any idea when anything was but i don't i can't keep dates in my head it's a curse yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter with this stuff, though, because it's such an ancient and esoteric and yet That's applicable right. art that affects my life every day, Um, because I'm actually searching for a process to make gold. I'm trying to make the Philosopher's Stone actively, and this recipe has given me all the tools that I need, and so mm-hmm. I will be doing it after we finish this episode. And failing that, we can have chicken. Yes, and failing that, we can make fried foods. Um, And that's my expert opinion is that, listeners, I've given you the key. Go out and make all the gold you want. Uh, We fucking did it. That was the goal of this podcast and we did it. We did it. Podcast over. God. (laughs) Thanks for listening to In My Expert Opinion. Please remember to rate and subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review with your expert opinion on why this podcast is rad. Five-star reviews will get a shout-out on the podcast. A pretty big deal, if you ask me. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at expertopspod, or email inmyexpertopinion at gmail.com. Later, nerds! <laughs>